Hello, and welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast. Uh, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Star Trek. Uh, hopefully just the movies, but I know you guys are going to end up talking about the TV show anyway. <laughs> um, so, quick agenda on what we're doing. Uh, we're going to talk about all 13 movies and which ones we like, which ones we don't like. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of our favorite Star Trek characters and scenarios we might want to hang out with them in. Um, and then the highlight of our episode is our two guests and co-host have created their own Star Trek franchises, which we're going to give you guys some sci-fi scenarios on. I'm pretty excited for that. Um, so for our guests this month, uh, returning guest for the fifth or sixth time, uh, we have Dan. Dan, welcome back. Woohoo! Woo Thank you. Uh, and a new guest here, Lauren. Lauren, welcome. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> uh, so because you're new to the podcast, uh, why don't you introduce yourself with a character and a movie that represents you as a person? Okay. Well, you had enough trouble helping me figure this out. <laughs> so the best I could come up with is um, Wonder Woman, not because I think that you are, I am Wonder Woman. I think you're Wonder Woman. You can um, think you're Wonder Woman <laughs> if you want. Um, more so just that I was brought up by, well, I was brought up by lesbians, so I find that I relate to her being brought up by a bunch of strong women. Um, so yeah, and favorite character, I'd have to say Data from Next Generation. I uh, from so Nemesis, so it's a movie. <laughs> Uh, yes, I mean, so <laughs> that's an awful no, one. Someone <laughs> died. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just, I just loved his uh, whole Pinocchio thing of trying to figure out how to be more human. Because I feel like a lot of us feel that way too. Wow, that's a good answer. Wow, well, that, <laughs> that is a good one. Um, okay, so before we get started with Star Trek stuff, uh, let's just talk about movies you've seen recently. So maybe just go around the circle here. Dan, what have you seen anything sure. recently? Sure. What have I seen recently? Uh, Rocket Man. I saw some weeks back. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. Um, I would say it wasn't. I didn't like it as much as I did Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, and I also thought it was interesting that it was kind of like a musical. Um, it wasn't. I don't know. Have you guys? I've seen it. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Okay. I mean, I don't want to say too much then, but uh, I, you're, I don't think you're gonna spoil anything. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was kind of unexpected that they'll just suddenly the scenes will just turn into them all singing. Or I was expecting more like Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody, where it was like just live, like actual performance, like on stage. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought it was a decent. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought um, it was a decent watch. Yeah, it was a bit too much musically for me. It got into like a few scenes, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a proper musical. It's not just like a drama with some songs." Okay, well that sounds amazing. So <laughs> I don't know about you, watch you guys. It. I'm definitely going to watch it. I think I should go next on that uh, on the on the note of uh, musicals. No pun intended. Um, because I watched uh, Anna and the Apocalypse recently. So if you've been listening, listeners, uh, I. I mentioned this movie as like one of my looking forward to movies, and this is probably the only one that I've actually watched afterwards, even though it's like a year later, because <laughs> it popped up on Netflix. Um, so basically, it's a, a zombie movie, but it's a musical uh, around Christmas, and I 
like zombie movies, which is why I called it out. But then after watching it, I was very, <laughs> it was kind of disappointing because it was really, I don't have a problem with musicals. I'm going to start off by saying that. It's just, it was especially cheesy and a little bit, I, I don't want to say lame because see, that feels mean. <laughs> what, like, because I'm curious as to what it's even like. Like, is it a proper musical that's just like, oh, sort of zombie? Like, I don't it's, know. It's a zombie, okay. Like, I think that's another thing about the whole execution of the movie, because it's a, it's a zombie movie, but then they, like, forced it to be a musical, because they'll just, like, well, like a musical, they'll break out into song, and it's all original music, but none of the songs were really that good. And <laughs> it's so just, the zombies, like, like dance? No, the zombies oh. weren't dancing, it was, like, the people. And there's, like, one, oh. like, for example, there's one character who's, like, he's, like, a, the bully, and then, like, when the zombies arrived he's like having all this fun uh killing them and he like he he has this song wh- while he's killing zombies like he's while he's enjoying killing zombies and it's like like so he's he's fighting them he's killing them while he's, he's singing, singing? And have you ever seen rocky horror picture show i've seen parts of it is it like that type of thing i haven't seen enough to mm. say <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it is it's just straight up like Weird. zombie movie and we made it a musical and i it was. It, was it like, didn't mesh very it didn't, well. No, I I hoped like I feel like they could have done a lot better in the execution, but I don't know. It was it was interesting. I guess my disappointing looking forward to movie. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. How about yourself? Um, movie that I've seen recently. Yeah. Well, I don't really go out to the movies very much. So the last movie that I saw in theaters was uh, Captain Marvel just funny because so many people don't know who Captain Marvel is and still don't because the movie wasn't very well marketed in Toronto I thought no? uh, I'm going to disagree with that one. Oh, okay <laughs> well basically like anybody who's not into sci-fi movies was kind of like who's Captain Marvel because we now have the office room that's Captain Marvel and they're like what's that we do yeah, yeah, we do. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in the HR area, so. So, oh. you, you, so you're effectively what you're saying is a lot of people didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But it is also, I mean, now that you mention it, after watching Captain Marvel, I didn't really understand a whole lot of Captain who Captain Marvel was. She's just yeah. really strong and, like, spunky. But that's, <laughs> yeah. So I don't read much of the comics for Marvel. I'm more of a DC, but I talked to my sister, who's a big, like, all-over comic book fan. And I know she was kind of a, a fan of Captain Marvel even before this show was. And some of the complaints in that movie and also in Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame is that she was too OP. Yeah. Uh, but basically she was like, well, if you're going to stay true to the character, that's basically what she is in the, in the comics. So it's like... Yeah, she's like Superman yeah. equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> What's OP? Overpowered. Overpowered. Oh, okay. <laughs> like she, she's supposed to be that powerful. Yeah. I think it's a good character device, but it's hard to do too much when your character just can fly through a spaceship and explode it. Like, yes. Because um, where's, the, where's the tension? Where's the, oh no, they're in trouble. Yeah, like I, I'm assuming she has some type of weakness similar to Superman's kryptonite that would, I don't know, bring some drama in. I'm not or, that familiar. Or they need to bring in even stronger villains. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's why I kind of like the way they approached the movie is because like it was about knowing who the enemy was as opposed to her being able to beat them. But anyway, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> we hijacked that. No, I found it 
it started off well, and then it seemed like they were rushing it by the end, and I felt kind of confused and had to kind of rethink it over because it wasn't very clear that you know it wasn't just the radioactive explosion that caused her to gain these powers. She technically had them beforehand, but that wasn't really clarified, and so it just felt like you know, the story was going along really well. And then they were like, shit, we only have 10 minutes left. <laughs> Let's just cram it all in there, and yeah. suddenly she's going to go save the galaxy. And it's just suddenly like... she's like, oh, I'm free of the mental... Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> they, like, have her cut her hair to be like, hey, she she's more comfortable in her, her uh, new attire and everything. <laughs> or something With, to that. Yeah. But also, With like... Inner look. Since she's the first real gung-ho character that doesn't just, like, kick people um, in the Marvel Universe Avengers, I just found it kind of annoying because it was like, it's almost, I know that they were planning this all beforehand, but it seemed like, oh shit, we forgot about having a strong female in this beyond the spy. Let's just throw this other character in there. Oh, and she's stronger than everybody, Mm -hmm. so it's all good. And then at that point, they didn't know how to use her. Exactly. Like, in, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like how the Skrulls were kind of like the victimized, like the good guys. That was an interesting twist, yeah. yeah. I actually, that even until... my favorite part. <laughs> even until, like, almost the very end of the movie, I was waiting for them to switch back to bad. <laughs> because I've only known the Skrulls right. bad. As, as has so everybody. I didn't trust them the whole way through. Have you guys all seen the post credit scene for Spider-Man? I haven't seen Spider-Man. Oh, okay, crap. We won't All right, talk never about mind. That. Oh. Uh, Have you? No. Okay, well, they were the same boat. They can talk better later. Okay. I just, aren't they being thrown away, too? So it's like... Oh, yeah. I think they're kind of keeping them around in case they want to do something with it. I don't know. Um, the movie I saw recently was uh, from my favorite movie studio, A24, uh, which has pretty much made every good indie movie the last, like, <laughs> five or six years. Uh, I saw a movie called The Farewell which is uh, Aquafina stars, and it's like her... What? She has to go back to China because her grandma's dying, but no one's going to tell the grandma. They're, like, having a fake oh, wedding yeah. to, like, have, like, a goodbye ceremony. Um, I don't know. It's It was a really good movie, and I kind of respect Aquafina more because she took more dramatic role, but her role was pretty much be sad for two hours. <laughs> so it's hard to say, like... Can she do more dramatic stuff? Like, do I want to see her in more stuff? Like, I like that she's diversifying and branching out. Uh, I, I don't know. It was interesting. I recommend the movie. It's a really good, like, concept and, like, really good story. Um, but, oh, also it has the um, the counselor from Rush Hour. He's the counselor. dad. The guy whose daughter gets kidnapped. Oh, yeah. Chancellor Han. Yeah. <laughs> was like the only other person I recognized. <laughs> I found that kind of difficult when you were asking us to put the crew together because so many of my favorite actors are comedians and so I was thinking, oh, this would be so funny and then I was just thinking of some of the tough situations that Star Trek characters <laughs> are put into and I'm just like, can Will Ferrell actually... <laughs> He's like, done some good stuff. He has, but I don't know. I just... On that note, one of my movies I'm most looking forward to this year is called Uncut Gems, which is Adam Sandler in another dramatic role, uh, which I think he's actually going to be really good in. If it sucks, do you officially give up on Adam Sandler forever? He's done Punch Drunk Love, so that's fine. He has like a pass now forever. Yeah, but that was like forever. Oh yeah, okay, fine. He, oh, and he also a couple uh, years ago did a movie with Ben Stiller called The Meyerowitz Stories, 
which was also pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, he played, like, more of a jerk who was, like, yelling and angry all the time, so it was kind of, like, a good mix between who he usually plays as, but, like, in a yeah. dramatic movie. Anyway. Uh, let's His talk Dracula about movies were pretty good, too. His what? Oh, the Hotel Transylvania one? Those oh. I just thought, I don't know, I was in a lot of pain when I was watching them in, like, an emergency center, but I, they kept me calm while I was waiting for the doctor, so I was like, oh, that's Adam Sandler. Maybe that's the best review that movie's got. <laughs> I was in dire pain. Uh, let's talk about Star Trek. Okay. So, first thing we're going to talk about is the Star Trek movies. I'm going to try to keep this one focused on the movies and not the TV shows. <laughs> Um, and I'm basically just going to structure this in terms of which ones we liked and which ones we didn't like. So let's start with the positives. Uh, what is, of the 13 Star Trek movies that are out there, what are you guys' favorites? Rathacon yeah. is great. Wait, old one or new one? Oh, wow. Star Trek II, the Rathacon. The actual old one. Okay. The real one. Are you talking the, the new one is Into Darkness? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it still has con in it, so I'm just yeah. making sure we clarify. God. <laughs> Coming from zero experience in the, the Star Trek movies, I actually liked Into Darkness when I first saw it. I, I'm the same way because a lot of the reasons why people don't like it is because it's not Star Trek. Yeah. But if you don't care about Star Trek, it doesn't matter. It's just like a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it didn't bother me, that Into Darkness. I mean, I, I, think, that, I think that Star Trek 1 and Star Trek 3, and we're talking about the, uh, what did you call them? The, 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 the Kelvin, Kelvin timeline. timeline, so the, the, the Pine movies. Um, yeah, I think the first and last one, first and third, are probably my favorites. Into Darkness, don't have really any problems with it, but I still liked one and three better. But to your point, Paul, I think I benefited from not understanding the references, because <laughs> as I've spoken about in Star Wars before, I hate references, <laughs> but I don't think I knew what the references were in Star Trek movies. I, yeah, yeah, like only the big ones, like the, the cod, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I think that's all, really. They had Tribbles as well. Which? Tribbles. Wait, there's Tribbles in there? Yeah. Oh, Tribbles. Wait, when, when are Tribbles in there? That actually was the part I hated. They, in, the they injected a dead Tribble with, like, Khan's blood, and it was like, oh, you oh, can come back to Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hated that part of Into Darkness. Because, so, the only other, like, the older uh, Star Trek movie that I have experience with is Wrath of Khan. Because I haven't watched all of it, but, like, parts of it. You've seen enough. Yeah, I've seen yeah. enough. And... The good thing about, like, co- I was comparing the two death scenes, so spoiler alert, <laughs> um, Spock dies in uh, Wrath of Khan, and then Kirk dies in Into Darkness, and I was, like, comparing the scenes, and, like, as a scene, I do like the Into Darkness one mm-hmm. better, don't kill me. <laughs> oh my god, you're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think as an overall effect, the death of Spock was obviously more significant. Also the fact that he ended the movie still dead. Yes, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Because right after Kirk dies, it's like, oh, he's alive. But We, we need some of Khan's super blood. Yeah, <laughs> which was so stupid. But then also, um, Spock he dies at the end of the movie, and they have a funeral for him. They shoot his body into space, and he's dead until the next movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, okay, now you, as an as an audience like, member at that time, like, okay, he's dead. Wow. Yeah, I the movie closed and he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. But would you rather have the end of the movie, Kirk comes back to life, or 
a whole movie that is completely useless just to bring Spock back to life, which is what Star Trek Three was. With, I don't know, because then I haven't seen <laughs> yeah. Star Trek Three. So yeah, it's one of the ones I didn't did not watch. I would say it was right. my like there was ones that were worse in terms of like stupid stories, but Search for Spock was I think just the most boring and like forgettable. Yeah. I it, was, it was more. Oh, sorry. No, I just started doing house chores like while I was watching. <laughs> it, I just couldn't. St- I was just Star like, Trek three. we yeah. get it. It's a big <laughs> ship. We can, like, take your time. Why don't you? Wait, they were looking for him in the ship. No. Well, no, but I just mean like all oh. of their. I don't know. It reminds me of my mom when she first got a camcorder. It was just kind of like. <laughs> You know, she would zoom in on a statue, it's very and then slow. she would zoom yeah. out on a statue. And I get back then that was huge, but as some now that we have it at our leisure, I was yeah. just kind of like, okay, so this let's was get for it. Spock. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Really bad movie for me was the very first one was the, the motion picture Star Trek One. Really? The enemy of the cloud. The, yes. <laughs> the, the the villain. Uh, so you know, huge direct contrast between Star Trek 1, <laughs> a.k.a. the motion picture, and Wrath of Khan. One of the big differences is, besides it not being, besides Wrath of Khan not being boring as hell, <laughs> is that they actually have a memorable villain, and it's like a revenge story, and it's more of like, you know, space adventure type thing. Whereas, I don't know, what, what were they trying to do with Star Trek 1 to make it more like cerebral, make it... But, okay, oh, they so did that too. Sorry, in that motion picture, they were also doing the oh look, it's the. I was actually, and, and that's yeah, what made sorry, me get into this actually. I didn't. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say that too. Is like a huge chunk of the movie was just showing the exterior shots of the Enterprise flying, <laughs> and yeah, and then Kirk's walking around in the in the in the en- in engineering. And it's like you said, huge. It's just a massive room, and he's walking around, and I'm like, oh my god. We get so it. as Star Trek fans, I think Dan, Lauren, you guys are you guys like the TV shows in addition to the movies. Um, like, where's that line drawn of, like, what Star Trek is supposed to be? Because if Star Trek is just actions and lasers and explosions, is it Star Trek? So, like, no. where's that balance? So, for me, it's all about the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons why, so this, I'm just bringing up the show, the shows briefly, but one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I love TNG, uh, and Lauren can probably chime in too on this, is, is, is the characters. The characters are so memorable, they're, they're interesting, you know, uh, yeah, that that makes Star Trek, and I, the the movies, getting to the movies, the ones that um that I liked better were the ones that actually had character moments, more character building character moments, especially in the original series, especially dealing with the big three, dealing with Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, right? But 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 Star Trek one, one of the reasons I really did not like it is there are no character moments. There's no moments where it's at least at least that's interesting. There's there's one moment. Near the beginning, when Spock comes on, because each all the main characters come on at different times, come onto the ship, and so then when Spock shows up, it's like the big three sit down and they tr- have this conversation, but it's the most boring thing ever, mm-hmm. and and I totally didn't even understand what what, what was even the point of that scene, what was going on, um, so yeah, that's what I think Star Trek is about. It's largely the characters. Yeah, I didn't even I don't know I, I never realized really where everyone. I'd never thought about it before where everyone was located on the ship and stuff. And then when I had like half an hour to look at the outside of the ship during one of the scenes, (laughs) I was just kind of like, huh, so they're all the way up there. And then they shoot down there. And then suddenly I was just like, it's not, this doesn't make sense. If this duct is here and like suddenly I was just, (laughs) you were thinking about that? Focusing on what they were talking about because I was just like, that doesn't make sense if engineering is over there and then it's like 
<laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. You're not supposed to be thinking about these things. Exactly. It kind of takes you away from... And I've watched yeah. Star Trek for years, and it wasn't until I started watching <laughs> the original movies that it was like, oh, okay, that's what the spaceship is like. And I don't know. Maybe it was just me. How long, uh, in relation to the, the first series, did that first movie come out? Like, like how how much time? So the after? original series was sixty six, and then I believe the movie was like eighty two. Whoa! Like it was way after, right? Wasn't it? Uh, really? Was it late seventies? Yeah, seventy nine. Okay. But anyway, it was like fifteen years later. Right? And, oh, okay. and they were all kind of they were all admirals by that point. Oh, okay, maybe. And it's the same with like the TNG movies that came out after the TNG series was pretty much done. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, they were banking on so like when that first movie came out, they were like, it's been fifteen years. Like when we show the ship, everyone's gonna just be cheering for fifteen minutes. Well. Star Wars came out in '77, so this was this was one of the big motivators, I think. Oh. Uh, is that is that oh, oh look, st- you know, there's another big sci-fi yeah. uh, IP that's doing really well yeah, as a as a movie. Uh, yeah, as a movie. So hey, maybe you know. And um, it was also when Star Trek first came out in the '60s. It wasn't popular. It like they shot three seasons. That's why they had like zero budgeting for like sets. Um, and then it got popular in reruns. Yeah. During syndication so is when it, people it, actually watch yeah. it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, because Shatner was, like, living out of a, a car for, like, the first few what? seasons kind of thing. And, yeah, when that was the... I mean, I don't know. When you watch the original series, after you watch all the other ones, you're kind of like, oh, my God, this is... You know, William Shatner is over-the-top acting. Um, it's clear that, like, the Klingons, they literally just put some, like, big eyebrows on them and then pass them off. <laughs> this is a the TV show? Seat. Yeah, mm. and, and the movies to some extent. But, like, when you actually think about, when you watch, I don't know, I Love Lucy and, and like, just older shows, and then you think about how forward-looking this show was, it's huge. I mean, they even... They even put TNG next to, you know, how many kind of technology advances they kind of forethought, like the iPhone and a number of things that they kind of put as like, oh, futuristic, and then it actually happened. <laughs> you, you know, one thing I find funny now that you mentioned like the technology uh, with Star Trek is, and th- this is the shows, the movies, like the whole thing. Is they have this hyper technology? I, I call it like, I call it hyper technology, N- namely the the transporters and the replicators, right? Like yeah, like most like all sci all sci-fi pretty well has you know faster than light travel and stuff like that. But not many sci-fi has this like hyper technology that that Star Trek has. Um, like look at Star Wars, you know nobody beams around, for example, right? I have big um, problems with that, but all yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he, but here here's it's interesting because for me anyways because. Uh, they never take advantage of the technology they have, at least full advantage. Like for they example, only use it for one they only thing. right. They only use it for like one thing. Like for example, the the, the transporters. If you're in a space battle with someone, <laughs> okay, great. You can't you can't send a transporter beam over if the enemy shield starship shields are up. Fine. So you take their shields down and then you beam like a bomb onto their <laughs> bridge or something. Or you bring their crew into space. <laughs> exactly. And it's like they never do that. And I just, I mean, I, I know why. But because that's it would because be the narratively room was blowing up and they didn't have the transporter <laughs> like online. And yeah, 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 I know. But, but, but right, but this, but this is it, right? Like you can't, if they do that, it would be like, um, it would be like in the Marvel movies if the, if, if um, the superheroes use their powers 
all the time <laughs> yeah. in, in the correct way. It's the same reason, right? But it's like you can still be creative and find ways to do something like that. Like I think in The Last Jedi, uh, there was a scene where somebody uh, hyperdrived through another spaceship. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone was like, holy shit, how come nobody ever thought of that before? And it's just like, yeah, I, I feel like there's room for people to be creative with that and not have it ruin the narrative. I mean, it's so. even like Lord of the Rings. Why didn't they just take the bird all the way? <laughs> well, that, there, there's, a, there's like memes <laughs> of that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh-huh. like, because there wouldn't be a journey. The, the, the meme, exactly, right. Narratively, it just doesn't... But then, when they do, like, in the the newest... So, Star Trek, the newer one, the Chris Pine one. The first Wait, one. Which one? Oh, the first one. Okay. The first Chris Pine one. <laughs> all right. Um, there's that part where he's, like, they abandoned him on that ice planet, and that's where he finds... Uh, old Spock. Old Spock. And then they beam him onto the ship from the planet while it's going in hyperspace, and they've been traveling for like. And they, but they got a couple lines of like, oh, I have to but, take this and I have but to. But that was still this. a continuity, like a well, huge continuity not issue. Not just that; it's just like, okay, I have to do all this. Okay, good. So now that you can do that, and you well, know why don't you do it again? <laughs> do that, like, well, con con beams beam from con from Kling, the Klingon planet. Yeah. Into a jail cell. Into space. <laughs> oh, into space. Yeah. But, but yes, yeah. I think, yeah. It's kind I of a dangerous precedent almost. I, I think there's know. also a lot of rules that they have to follow. Yeah. So it's like you can't just be transporting every two seconds. Okay, maybe and they like do. Maybe the good guys. <laughs> but yeah. what, what about the Klingons and the Romulans? As long as they have else? it defined, I think it's good. Because you get, like, going back to Star Wars, the Force can just do anything now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. now it's narratively it's weird. So it's like... I don't care what their technology says. Like, if they say, blah, 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 we can't transport onto moving ships because of this reason, I'll accept it as long as your rules are defined and it's like, now I understand what I can and cannot do in this universe. And that yeah. But the rules the aren't <laughs> really defined. But They're better defined than in other sci-fi franchises. Or if, if yeah. they could say, like, oh, you, can only, you can't keep using the transporters. Like, this person can't keep using the transporters because... It's oh, like, yeah. You get you, your life. You get transporter psychosis. You're like like in the one TNG episode. You lose an hour of your life. Oh, is this actually a thing that happens? Radiation. Well, well, it, it, I just said that as a kind of a joke. I mean, it does it does happen. It's like a, it's like a transporter-based disease. Remember, Barkley thinks he has transporter psychosis. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's paranoid. There's also so. it's the whole reason the doctor in the original series like refused to take a transporter. He was McCoy. like, put me in a ship. Like, I actually I forgot that about about that. That part about but it. there's also scenes where like you see them trying to transport people in different ways, and then like when they get to the other side, their insides are outside. And <laughs> there's a great scene of that in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of science behind it, and I'm not a scientist, so I'm not question <laughs> them. Or well. like, what if the it the, the fly effect where yeah you, know, you merge transporter yeah. Or like that happened to uh, Neelix and Tuvok in uh, yes. Voyager. Yeah. Tuvix or whatever, whatever they call yeah. them. Yeah. Alrighty, what's the next? Or what? Oh wait, did we even get into our <laughs> the ones we don't like? Pretty much like yeah, you guys said Wrath of Khan is the one you guys liked. Is there any other movies that stand out? The Voyage. Voyage uh, Home. The Voyage Home, yes. The Whales one. The Whales one. I just thought that that was so, I mean, I get it. Maybe they were like, oh, my God, we can shoot with whales now. (laughs) And like, hey, let's use our transporter technology to a different degree and whatever. 
But it was just the randomest thing. They're just like, oh no, this weird orb, it only speaks humpback whale. Oh no, <laughs> they're extinct. Let's just go around this planet, go back in time. And I mean, I thought it was comical and everything, but at the same time, I was just kind of like, Come on, guys. <laughs> so, like, so you didn't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At first, I was trying to. I thought Carson asked what ones you liked. Yeah, I did. Okay, anyway. That's what I asked. Yeah. So well, you, like, you did not like it. Yeah. I okay. like the concept, which is evident because I used it for one of the scenarios I gave you guys for later in, hmm. uh, with a slight tweak. Um, but my second favorite one, which I would say is probably like one and one A with Wrath of Khan, is Undiscovered Country. Uh, because I felt like it was that good combination of what you were talking about, the characters. Uh, you had this sci-fi scenario of the Klingons, and they're trying to build a peace treaty, but somebody's trying to like make like undo it. Conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. Or not just theory. And it was a good send-off to the original series characters, so they wanted to give those guys a good you ending. You stole what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I also hated the Generations. Yes. That was terrible. It just kept being things that they wouldn't do, like Data wanting to suddenly put his like personality chip in. It so was just I never like watched the ne- next gen TV show, and so that movie, like when I rewatched it a couple months ago, uh, was my introduction to Data. And so they did all these things about like, oh, now he's putting a personality chip, but I never had an introduction to him where the, it's the like, oh, that's point. weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, Whereas that's like you would think it was hilarious if you watched the entire TNG because there are so many times where he fails to understand human interaction, but if you had only seen that. But at the same time, like him just being like, you know what, it's, it's been 30 or so years, let's just throw it in. And then I'm going to go back to active duty. Like that's not something he would do. And just William Shatner just suddenly being in the abyss of like... In the nexus. Yes. <laughs> and then and suddenly just being like, oh... I'm in heaven, pretty much, but you want me to go with you? Okay. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be tough about it for a minute, and then suddenly I'm just going to change like, my mind. Oh, no. The, uh, the horse ride didn't feel as <laughs> exhilarating. Yeah, my <laughs> testicles are in too much pain. I need a doctor. Like, I don't know. It just... There were so many things there that didn't make sense. But I I feel like it sounds insane. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch Star Trek Generation? I have not. I felt that it was reasonable for Kirk to not want to be there because there's a side of Kirk of like, I need to be an action, I need to be a captain. Yeah. But they didn't tell that story well They didn't at all. But I would have believed that character arc just not the way they told it. Um, What do you guys think about the god one? So, that's uh, five. The, The final... Final frontier. Frontier. Final frontier. Yeah. So, you know what? Okay. <laughs> That's one of the four of the original series that I watched in preparation. Uh, and I went into that thinking I would hate it. But, you know what? It wasn't actually that bad. It certainly wasn't as bad as the motion picture at Star Trek 1. Uh, I thought there were some interesting character moments. And again, the character moments are what I really like. Uh, like, when the big three, when Kirk, Spock, and McCoy... They go camping. They go to Yosemite. Uh, so they're on Earth and they're they're camping and there's like some really good, you know, character mo- character connection going on right there. Uh, and then at the very end, and they go back to y- Yosemite and, and they sing "Row, Row, Row Your Boat." That was um, really bad. That was probably like my least favorite moment in all of Star Trek movies. Really? I don't know. I thought it was really. I thought it was really endearing. I kind of liked it. It's just really weird for like three grown men to be singing a roller roller <laughs> under a campfire. I liked it. 
It's like just them enjoying each other's company. And, and, and Spock, Spock originally refused to sing it <laughs> at the beginning, and at the end he sang it. They just had, look, they've been through so much. Spock died. They found him again. and Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the actual end of the movie when God does make an appearance, that was kind of like, ah. Well, but, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't that, I don't know who it was, but it, it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, as bad as I remembered. I have the same overall impression, but for different reasons of, I knew it was one of the bad ones that people hated, so I went in expecting to hate it, and I was like, this is kind of interesting, like it's not terrible, except for the row, 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 you both. <laughs> <laughs> which, which one's the one where Kirk dies? Generations. Is that Generations? Yes. Wait, is that after the row, row, row your boat one? Yes. yes. So it's how many movies after? It's like So it's the seventh movies. movie. So in the sixth one, Undiscovered Country, they oh. basically do a big farewell to the original crew. And then yeah. in the seventh movie, they bring them back. <laughs> they bring back three three of them. Yeah. The three they could get. The three, oh. yes. Yeah. Uh, Nimoy flatly refused because he basically was like, and good on, actually, like good on him for doing that, I think. Because he held out he, until uh, 2007. Well, yes. He, his argument for uh, not coming back for generations was like there was nothing that my character said or did in the script that really made him Spock. Like they could have given that, those lines to anyone, and in fact they did. That's oh. what Nimoy said. They just gave it to someone <laughs> else. Did they give it to? Uh, he didn't say. He, oh, okay. In an interview, he, he said like, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't Spock. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of get because it just seemed like the last few movies that they were in, they weren't really themselves. They were just like there kind of as the admirals, just being like, oh, I'll just sit here and say the lines you need me to say. And then after I'll fall off a bridge. Exactly. <laughs> I'll ride a horse. Fall, fall off a bridge, wait, so you... That's Kirk. So you, you haven't seen it, but you I've seen you know. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. So you've seen the end of when, when he died. <laughs> yeah. He's seen the memes of all. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was a meme. I actually just watched that part on YouTube. <laughs> the, yeah, the last fight. Well, for how dramatic he's been throughout the entire TV show and the movies, I was very surprised by that yeah. weak death. Like, it was just kind of like, really? You're not so going to say live long and prosper or something to that? <laughs> Give your life for someone? As someone who has never watched the original series, like, there's all these, like, well-known, like, memes or whatever about William Shatner overacting. I didn't feel like he was overacting in any of the movies. I, I don't know if it's worse than the show, but I didn't feel well, like... Well, no, so if you... So, as I was saying, if you look at TV shows going on around the same period... His overacting was literally what was expected of him. So I wouldn't really say that he was overacting. It was more so that is what they expected mm. out of TV. They didn't want you to be the casual, everyday person that everyone else has around. They, they wanted you to be dramatic. Yeah, they wanted they wanted a play <laughs> going on on TV. That was what was going on in the period of time. So I feel like once the movies came around, he was finally at the point in television and whatnot where yeah he could be yeah the normal person <laughs> a little bit more but yeah it's definitely not there you guys you guys are right he's he's way he's toned down like he's calm mm -hmm. yeah, he's, he's old like yeah, yeah yeah he's yeah. old uh okay any last comments about the star trek movies before we go talk about characters Oh, we didn't uh, we didn't talk about Nemesis at all, which is like the only one that I've go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. What you I mean, I don't have much to say about it, but, uh, except uh, at the time I had no idea that was Tom Hardy. 
<laughs> which is amazing to Shin-san. me. Shinzan. Uh, hey guys, it's Shinzan. <laughs> uh, and actually, um, when I was, I, I don't know what year that was, and I, I, I was like, maybe I want to say it's like 99, 98-ish. Okay, so uh, I was like 2002. Oh. 13 years old? Same as Kona or Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I assume I was like 13 years old, and for some reason I, I thought that uh, Shinzon and Patrick Stewart looked so much alike that it was hard for me to believe that they were not the same person. Really? <laughs> I was just a really dumb kid, I guess. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, so next segment we're going to talk about characters. Um, I have some questions for the group here of, like, for example, what character would you want to do, like, whatever with? Uh, that sounds bad. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying not to use the questions I have yet. Anyway, so I have questions. We're going to talk about some of our favorite characters. Um, you guys can talk about TV characters if you want from Deep Space Nine or from Voyager. Uh, I'm only going to talk about the movies because that's all I know. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. I'll, I'll start with kind of an easy intro one. Uh, which captain, it doesn't have to be, or sorry, it doesn't have to be a captain in the show, but what Star Trek character would you want to have be your captain or your boss or leader of sorts? Uh, I'm a, I've always been a big fan of, uh, of Captain Sisko. This is from Deep Space Nine. Uh, I find him very pragmatic and rational, and he's, he's, he's not a diplomat like, like Picard, mm. but he's just willing to, uh, to do what's necessary. I feel like Cisco is my current boss um, in terms of being cold. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. You won't be advertising this episode or <laughs> No, well, I mean, he's general counsel. Like, he can't really, I don't know. Can't have emotion. Yeah, exactly, like, in our day-to-day. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. It's never going to happen to this. <laughs> um, but, no, have you guys seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? The, yes. So the captain in that. That's, captain Holt? Yes, Captain Holt is basically like the embodiment of my boss, kind of, in certain ways. And is that what Cisco is like? Uh, from what I remember, I mean, I haven't seen... He's, he's a badass. Man. Yeah. Just put it that way. Oh, wait, he's the big black dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's black. He's bald. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a bitch. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know where that was from at first, and I was yeah. like, oh no. Yeah. We've had another Dan moment. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. My boss doesn't look like him, just so you know. Um, he doesn't look like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, way um, off. <laughs> no, I, I like Captain Picard. Um, oh my gosh, who's, what's a, my computer's, um, charging right now. So who is the captain in Voyager? Janeway. Janeway. So I really like Janeway, but I just found that the fact that she was female almost was overused. I understand that, you know, they were thrown away from home. They might not ever get home. And so the rule book and everything doesn't really fit to the extent that it would have with the other captains. But I did find that sometimes the emotional and kind of human aspect of her job was overplayed a little bit and so she was 
almost too emotional at times. Really? At times. I don't, I don't know about that. There were yeah, other yeah, times yeah. where she was like a hard ass, and I was like, yes, yeah. woman. But I don't know. I found, I guess, kind of in the earlier seasons, she was playing off of too many emotions and like, oh, this is for honor, and this is for this, and... And instead of kind of coming at it yeah. from like the no, we need to stay, like we need to stay Star Trek. We need to. You, you know, so the thing I when I look at Janeway, the reason I wouldn't pick her as what was the question again? Who would want to be our captain? Right. Is 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 her over over adherence, her rigid adherence to the rules? Because mm. in the very first episode of Voyager, that's when they get sent to the Delta Quadrant right against their will and they had a way to get back and obviously <laughs> it wouldn't have made much of a, 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 of, of a of a tv series if they could get back right away it's like, oh it's a one episode long yeah we're done <laughs> but uh but she's like the prime directive means we can't use this and it's like are you effing serious <laughs> are you fucking serious and then they like they blow it up right yeah they blow it up <laughs> and i'm like are you, are you insane the whole crew in real life the whole crew would be like Mutiny, 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 you <laughs> know what I mean? They, like, create conflict with the crew and the captain. That's <laughs> it up for the season. Uh, but, but you see, but Cisco yeah. would have been like, fuck the prime directive. <laughs> I'm going, I'm taking my crew home, right? True. The pragmatic approach. I guess I just really like the crew in, in TNG as well. Yes. Like, it's not just Picard. Like oh, the whole crew. Just the whole dynamic between Depression. them all. What, yeah. <laughs> but... Just the whole dynamic between them all, it, like you almost felt like you were a part of like a family in some way. So I guess that's what I'm really saying about <laughs> my boss, in a way. Oh, good thing. That we're like family. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess Picard would be my choice after I would that also ramble. Picard. What? Quick question on Picard. What? What was his flaw? Like, did he? Ha- didn't he didn't really associate with people very well. Like, he was kind of off on his own. He was, like, just... And you guys correct me if I'm wrong here. But he was like, we're going to do the right thing. I'm going to, like... I'm logical. I'm strategic. But I'm not friends with anybody. Was it really? Especially in the early first couple seasons, uh, he was very... He was cold. Mm-hmm. Like, you remember that? Like, like he he was a dick in the, in the first season. He kind of was. Well, he... he I guess that's another thing that um, Janeway also when they would go on shore leave and stuff, she would, like, join them and stuff, and that's just where I draw the line. Right. The, the captain of. shouldn't be Yeah, the captain should be doing their own kind of thing. And so, yeah. yeah, he kind of liked, you know, classical music and and kind of was, like, an old A refined, man. cultured... Okay. Yes. Cause and he didn't, yeah. yeah, that makes it seem like, to me, from what I had seen in TNG, is that he was just, like, perfect captain... But I guy. think, but he kind of put aside <laughs> ever Captain having guy. a family, uh-huh. ever, uh, like, he kind of says that in one of, I forget which movie he says it in, but he basically says, like, you know, it was all about duty and, like, the job, and so, I mean, it's the same thing happened with Kirk, he kind of never put time aside for family, mm. and so your life kind of becomes your job in a way. But going back to your point around, like, him being perfect, isn't that supposed to be part of what Star Trek was designed to be? Of like, the characters are good at their jobs. The drama doesn't come from them having flaws. It's more from the scenarios. That was the big idea with Gene Roddenberry. Yes, I guess. it doesn't like. It definitely got very far away from it because you can't like 
You can't have that much drama without some character <laughs> drama. Like, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't mean like he. I expected him to have a flaw. It's just because all the other captains that I know of had something. Like for example, Janeway, when she like would lose it, she was a little like emotional. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I, Captain Newkirk is like the the rebel who doesn't follow yeah. the rules. Yeah. Yeah, and, and New Spock is like he only follows the rules. Oh, does the captain have to be a captain? No. Because if okay, I would go with Spock. Because that's who I was gonna pick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Just gonna. No, it's okay. I've always been partial to like the Vulcan uh, logical approach. The, the purity of of thought. Yeah. I don't know. He's kind of dumb sometimes for being super logical. Like he's a great person to have on your crew. But you really want him in charge. Like, yeah. I could totally see him being like, all right, we're going to all kill ourselves in a ship because that's the logical thing yeah. to do. Like, <laughs> okay, or Data. Data would be a good captain, too. I don't know. I, I, I just... Uh, he, he does. He definitely does good in the few cases when he was put in command. Mm-hmm. Data. But so. the only thing is, all you have to do is, like, put in an extra processor or something and he's screwed. But I guess he could just stab <laughs> one of the captains yeah, and they're screwed. So. Or one EMP and <laughs> yeah. there's no leadership. But there's always something in Star Trek. No, there's always okay, something. I'll, I'll He'll have backup systems <laughs> kick it. There's always some, some Trekno babble. I'll pick the... <laughs> yes. Okay, so kind of opposite end of the it. spectrum on questions here. So imagine you're part of a Star Trek crew. You have to go on like a three-month survey mission on a planet. So like really just hang out with just like you and one other person. Which Star Trek character would you want to go on with? Data. Really? Data. <laughs> because he's he's great. Because he'd be like taking Google with you. Yes, that's basically <laughs> it. It's he will, he will he will engage you as much as you want him to engage you. So you want to talk to someone, he'll talk to you. If you don't want to talk to anyone, you just say, Data, I don't want to talk to anyone, and he'll just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> he won't say a word to you. For the perfect you just companion. Want to command your companion. <laughs> Basically, like having Siri with you. Yeah. That wouldn't annoy you, like after a month or two of like no real human contact. Uh, <laughs> Bless you. I mean, I would, I would probably just, I would probably play, play video games or something. Could you use data to play video games? <laughs> sure. Uh, would you program him to be a little bit worse than you? Nah, wait a minute. Wait, wait. There's an episode in Next Generation where someone actually beats Data at a game, at like a like a game involving yeah. Remember that that game, Lauren, where where there's like that asshole alien who's like the stratagemma. I think that's what it's called, expert. And it's that game where they put the, the oh the yeah with the, the fingers, fingers yeah. And he's going like this, and then he actually beats Data. So it's it's thinking and motor functions, and he actually beats Data. Mm. And then Data causes a crisis. Anyway, didn't want to get off the rails there, but uh. Yeah, no, I, I think Data would be great. I choose McCoy. Why? One, he's a doctor, so <laughs> <laughs> when I inevitably hurt myself. Uh, but I don't know, it just seems like a chill Inevitably hurt, you hurt yourself all the time. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so this is just like a, a general mission? Like a mission where you're not interacting with the rest of society. I'm imagining something like you're observing another like culture, okay, yeah. but like you're just hanging out with one person. Oh, okay, that changes my... I was gonna. I was thinking of like just chilling and having fun. <laughs> I uh, it's, like, it's not the road trip question. Oh right, okay. I'll say, so I <laughs> if it was just chilling and having fun, who would it be? Uh, I was gonna pick either Tom Paris. <laughs> I know. I was saying Actually, like Paris would have great stories. Yeah, yeah you just get, that's like, a good one. Drunk, that? 
he's he's the pilot in Voyager. Voyager. Mm. And he's kind of like a hot shot. He's like he's like he's a bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As um, bros go. Okay, I'll go. You go ahead for. Well, no, I was gonna say Guinan if it's for fun because Whoopi Goldberg was oh. was like amazing. So and her character sounds so. She's been alive for a really long time. I don't know. I she definitely would have interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Just like you'd have cool philosophical stuff to talk about. Surprised none of you decided on Wesley Crusher. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> are we kidding. really surprised? <laughs> yeah. Who is that? I don't know who that is. With, uh, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton's character. I actually don't know who Will Wheaton is. Oh, you don't watch uh, oh Big Bang Theory. You click on him. <laughs> Will Wheaton, he's he he's the annoying. Well. He's the annoying kid, like, oh, the, 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 like oh, the young kid. Okay, no, no, I did, yeah. And yeah, Picard he, would always say, "Shut up, Wesley." Yeah. <laughs> I think he said it once, but like. <laughs> <laughs> once or twice. Come on. My my stupid answer was gonna be like seven of nine or something like that. Why? Why, you why just is that? that everything why, why that, that you're doing is. Hey, Paul, like, Paulo, yeah. Paulo, why, why her? No, I'm just kidding. That's why it's stupid. Answer. Um. <laughs> I would pick the doctor from Voyager, the hologram. Mm. Eh, eh. I'd get annoyed at him after a while, I think. It's, it's along the same lines as Parsons' answer, where I would need a lot of help. I don't, I don't get, like it. I don't get it. What, you can't, like, walk through the forest or whatever while you're surving no, the planet? Like, if you're on an alien planet, though, like, you don't know what the vegetation does. You Dude, have, have, yeah, you you have, Star have, Star Trek. have you seen Star Trek? They all look like Earth, basically. It's basically like... <laughs> He's different biomes of Earth. Order, and yeah. he can, like, just do all the work, and I'll just chill. And walk behind and be like, all right, yeah. you leave. That's why I'm bringing Data. He, he can, can like, do everything. Yeah. But Data could be the doctor. But doctor. He, could, he could be the, the explorer type. Yeah. He could be the tricorder-wielding guy. Okay, so changing it up again, what character would you never want to go for dinner with? Not, like, on a date, but just, like, hang, like pretty much never would want to hang out with. Really? You should be hilarious. Oh. Or is that a joke? No, it's not. You're just saying that. So I'm gonna I mean, a Ferengi. <laughs> that would be frustrating. So I was going to say, yeah. as someone who's only watched the movies, I would say Data. Because Data mm-hmm. is super annoying in all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> the movies, he's not all that great. True. And, like, he's got that personality chip, and he's kind of, like, going over-eccentric a lot of times. <sighs> Is it bad that I would say Uhura? That's awful. (laughs) No, I just mean, like, as a feminist, like, I feel like I should say it because, you know, she had the first interracial on-screen kiss and she really moved mountains. But honestly, as a character, like, all she did was just go, like... Hailing frequency. Yeah, like, (laughs) like, hello, can you answer? Can you answer? Sorry, they're not answering. Like, I don't know, she didn't have... In the movies, I I didn't really watch the TV show, so who knows? Maybe she had a bigger role. But in the movies, like there was no character depth in in her. Yeah, I mean the the movies tended to focus on like the two three main main characters. Yeah, I mean it was like that for Next Generation movies too. I feel like that's why shows like Top Gear or wait, what is it called now? Uh, Auto Show. Oh, so Top Gear is still called Top Gear, but the guys who are on Top Gear made their own show. Yeah. Called like the Long Grand, Adventure, Grand Adventure, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um. No, but like 
that's the thing. People don't like this show because they're like, oh, I don't like cars, but it's actually just the three old men like <laughs> bitching at each other, yeah. which is the best part of the show. <laughs> so they basically just did that with Star Trek, and it worked again. So anything to contribute? I'm thinking. So well, who are we doing? Like okay, so this sounds, I don't know if this sounds bad, but uh, but yeah, Dr. Crusher I would not want to hang out with. I always found her just very annoying. Who's Dr. Crusher? The, the the doctor on... The redhead. The, yeah, the redhead doctor from oh, her. Next Generation. Why was wrong with her? I mean, her presence in the movies is also next to... Yeah, next next to nil. Uh, so, but like I said, this might sound bad, but I was never partial to the female, <coughs> to, the, to the two female characters on TNG, to Troy and uh, Dr. Crusher. I just didn't find them all that interesting. Um... Troy, I found frustrating sometimes, especially when she broke up with Worf. I was like, that's the best thing that's ever yeah, happened that, that to you. Yeah, that was wicked. <laughs> and so when she got married to Riker, I was just like, that oh, was just a cheap, that was just it. a cheap plot <laughs> move. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's play it safe and throw that back in there. But that's yeah. one thing that I found in in the past is like movies have never given much character depth to women to beyond being the annoying girlfriend or the annoying over-emotional person or the uh, annoying kind of motherly character and so now in movies or I don't know like in not Lord of the Rings so much but um, in Game of Thrones like the women actually have as much depth as everyone else does so I mean I can totally understand why you would find them frustrating I don't like them either <laughs> yeah <laughs> indeed that's a good point actually even uh, new Uhura in uh, the new, like, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, of course, yeah. she's got a strong presence. No, I no, Oh, oh no, really? She's, really? Like, she's a really weak she, character. She's Bob's girlfriend. girlfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, what I, you know what I was thinking? Character. You know what I was thinking is is the very first time you see her in the first Star Trek mm. when they're at the bar and she's, like, saying, psh, whatever, buddy, to, um, to, Kirk. to Kirk. Sorry, that's what I was thinking. Oh, but but, but, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. I, I guess that's it. Yeah, like yeah. they were always she like all the movies. All the women were always just yeah. like someone's sister, lover, mother, whatever. It was never like they really had their own. This is me talking out of my ass because <laughs> I bet they did at some point. <laughs> but I don't know. It just it never seemed like there was real character depth like the other people. And they were never fun. They were never like, come on to the hollow deck and <laughs> let's go on a beach vacation. It was always like, take me on a date in the hollow deck. Well, like, oh, we don't do fun stuff in the hollow deck. Janeway did. <laughs> oh my God, that's another that's reason yeah. why I wouldn't want to go for lunch with her or anything. Like, she wanted to go back to Victorian ages where she literally had no rights. <laughs> like, why? I guess. You're, you're I guess if you're in the 23rd century, you're like, hey, I want to. Or 24th. I don't. Whatever. Remember. 24th. I, I guess she would be like, hey, I want to see what this is like. I want to see what the suffragists really were going through. Are, are you talking about what also because she has that she had that program that holodeck program with the Da Vinci. Wait, not Da Vinci. Um, wait, was it wasn't it wasn't it uh, R- R- Rice Davies? How, how do you say his name? Gimli. Uh, Jonathan Rice Davies. Yeah. yeah, he played. Uh, I think it was Da Vinci. Yeah. In, oh yeah, because uh, she liked. Um, she found him fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I, I could be getting this wrong, but I think it's Da Vinci and, and, and Seven of Nine. Remember, he remember she brings Seven of Nine into the program to help teach, just like with Data. Seven of Nine was basically the Data. She was Data, yeah. Right. Yeah. So like she learning to be human, right? Yeah. 
Uh, all this to say, I you helped me pick my answer. I say I wouldn't want to go to Dear Luke anyway. Okay, last question before we end off this segment. Uh, which character would you want to have be your wingman or wingwoman? Parrot. Riker. I don't know. He's never really helped Harry. Harry. That's Kim true. That <laughs> but Harry also had like zero games. And he was hopeless. Yeah. I mean, you could always have, like, Data or Spock there to be, like, the, oh, he's a weirdo. Hi, I'm Lauren. Like, but then they would, like, of. ruin it by accident. That's true. I don't know. I find when a wingman makes some, well, because I love being a wingman all the time. <laughs> so I just act like the weird one, and then they're like, excuse my friend, let's go be normal somewhere. And then it just seems Provides the contract. Exactly. So who would be better, Data or Spock? I don't, I Data. think... I think Data. Yeah. Because you could tell Data exactly what to do. I think Spock <laughs> wouldn't know when to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Spock would just stay Why there. Why are you nudging me? Like, and then they're like, don't you need to go to the bathroom? That would be illogical. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be illogical because I don't actually have to go. Yeah. Who would, who would, did you say? I didn't. I don't know. Like, I feel like you want someone who's not like a total weirdo. You want somebody who's like kind of charismatic to start conversations. Because I can't start conversations, so I need someone who would want to like kickstart the conversation, <laughs> but then not take over the conversation. That's why Paris would be good, but then he would take it over. So yeah. Like, this is like R- R- Riker. Riker. Riker might do the same, but at least but Riker is very charismatic and he's but a good like ladies' he's a, man. He's a little weird as well. He is a little. But but right? but, the, yeah. but look at his record. Weird. He's like he sleeps with so many. Oh wow! <laughs> he he could. He it shows him go on dates all the time mm-hmm. on TNG, right? Yes. He's always going on dates. Do you remember that episode where he uh, he tries to show Wesley like how to talk to women? And he so he sits. They sit down and this is in ten four. They sit on the table and he brings Guinan over and he's talking to Guinan and they have that oh, really yeah. weird conversation where they just really compliment each other. Yeah. And then you're just kind of like, do you guys need a she's like, She's like, oh, you're putting me up on a pedestal. And he goes, then I'll learn to fly. And all this kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. And Wesley's like, uh, oh, this is Will Wheaton, right? It made Wesley's me like, so uncomfortable. Yeah, Wesley's like, uh, I don't know, Commander, if this is right. And then, and then Guy turns to him and goes, shut up, Wesley. But tell, tell me more about my mind. <laughs> but that's, I feel like, what makes him good, because, like, how many second dates did he go on? I mean, they don't explicitly say, but... Because I feel like they got sick of him, and then it's like... Oh, I see. Then I would be there to swoop in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I would see, again, so you need a weirdo to make that's, yourself look... That's right. <laughs> but he's not totally weird. He's just... After a while, he weirds you out. I don't know. I think, like... <laughs> I think if both of you with your beards were all like, Hey, we have beards. It would just be, like, too much beard, and then they'd too be like... Beard too much beard? I don't know which beard I Is was such talking a thing? to earlier. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, that's bearded guys in black, right? Then I guess I shouldn't pick Sulu. Why? I was actually going to pick Sulu as well. <laughs> oh. Because Sulu, you're not threatened by him. He's very charismatic, but he's not going to steal it from you. No, Sulu Which had Sulu? a daughter. Yeah, Sulu or but George... So, in the... Yeah, we're guy. talking I, about George Takei. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm talking about George Takei, but in the new... In the Kelvin timeline... He has a daughter, but it's adopted because he's gay. Yeah. So he's still gay. Oh, okay. But I don't know if that applies to George Takei Sulu. Uh, I don't think so, but that's fine. It's a valid point, Carson, because it is in one of the movies. <laughs> Different timeline, though. I, I would pick new, oh, wow. new Kirk. New Captain Kirk. 
but after the pine sure. Yeah, but into dark moods. Actually, no, he's too good looking. <laughs> that wouldn't work out for me. Oh wait, I would have to choose a female if you don't have, you don't have to. Well, yeah, gender is. I was gonna say Chris Pine. You could <laughs> you get like sloppy seconds after he oh leaves. Oh my god. <laughs> You could be there like, oh, I'm sorry he did that to you. Oh, <laughs> no. oh my god. <laughs> Play the long game. Oh my goodness. It's terrible. No, I, I pick uh, Scotty. Uh, Simon Pegg, Scotty. Hmm. That would be fun. That would be fun time. Fun if nothing else. If we, yeah, if we I guess we should have defined if we're going for women or men because then that that changes my decision on who my wingman would be. Okay. Let's have you guys picking up men. Who would your... <laughs> Who would your wingman be? Ooh, Chris, Chris Pine. <laughs> yeah, Chris Pine would be good for that. Because, like, I would go for a similar uh, methodology of wanting someone to start the conversation who wouldn't steal it from me. And I think, yeah, Chris Pine would be good for that. Um, even Scotty as well. And he would thing. attract everyone to your vicinity. But Bring all the boys to the yard, right? It, Probably also depends, like, what type of guys you're looking for. Like, are you That's looking true. for, like, hairier guys versus, like... <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different types here, so... What's wrong with I'm just trying to provide some contrast here. Yeah. I have nothing against this beards. Is <laughs> this is a perspective that we have not had yet on the podcast. <laughs> All right, any last comments on this one before we end off this segment? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Uh, all right, so our final segment of the day, uh, you three have developed your own Star Trek franchises, um, so we're going to talk about those, and I have developed some sci-fi scenarios for you guys to walk through as well. So, kind of, I guess, basic ground rules I gave to you guys, I wanted you guys to pick five crew members, didn't have to be the traditional structure of a Star Trek franchise, so didn't need to have a captain and, like, second officer and all that, but... I wanted you to pick five people that you could potentially play in a movie, but like multiple movies. Um, other than that, I wanted to give you as much freedom as possible to develop whatever type of franchise you wanted. So, um, before we get into the scenarios, uh, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to say who is on your team, and maybe just a, a really quick intro of why you picked these people and kind of what the mood or theme or feeling of your franchise is going to be. So, Dan, you look like you're ready to go there. <laughs> I'm reared and ready to go. Okay, so this is my crew. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, right. my God. Okay, so so I handed out a picture, a printout of an image of that's photoshopped, of course. Uh, so to describe to everybody listening, um, and also during the YouTube posting, I think it would be great if Carson also... Had the yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, man? It's great. Because uh, we have one person who listens to us on YouTube. Well, so for this and one person. And she's in the other room there. So. Uh, well, fine. Well, okay, so to describe it for everybody. Okay, so uh, we, it's basically Pulp Fiction meets um, Star Trek original series. Uh, so I have the faces of, of Pulp Fiction characters photoshopped over top of uh, an old image of uh, the original cast. So, we've got uh, Captain Jules Winfield, captain of the USS Bad Motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have, then we have, as first officer and science officer, we have Commander Winston Wolfe, uh, a.k.a. The Wolf. 
<laughs> then we have, as security officer, we have Lieutenant Commander Vincent Vega. Uh, Vincent Vega. <laughs> um, then we also have Dr. Mia Wallace. And That's a really good edit. Yeah, dude, dude. Dub, Dub did that. Oh, it's okay. pretty, pretty great. Sorry, just uh, to, I, I don't want to cut you off too long, but I, it's hilarious that there's no that you have to put Samuel L. Jackson's head on a white guy's body. On Kirk's body. It's, it's, it's funny, right? Yeah. It's funny. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and then finally we have Lieutenant Junior Grade, Jimmy Dimmick, uh, Chief Engineer. And for everybody, that's, uh, that's Tarantino's uh, appearance in Pulp Fiction. So that's my crew, and they are the themselves, like from the movie Pulp Fiction. So okay. presumably this is a very similar like feeling as Pulp Fiction, like Star. Yes, it is. Pulp Fiction meets Star Trek. There's no phasers. It's actual guns. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. When it's you get hit phasers. by a phaser, is there blood in this version? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's like blood just sprays everywhere. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, Lauren, how about your team? Okay. You can show. You have a so, picture. Yes. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. So I have Maya Rudolph as the commanding officer. I have Amelia Clark as the first officer. Oh, that's Amelia Clark. Yes. I have Laverne Cox as the chief medical officer. I have Lizzo as the tactical <laughs> chief and security officer. I have Tina Belcher as the chief engineering officer, and I have uh, Keanu Reeves as the communications officer. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Wait, who's Laverne Cox again? Um, she was in Orange is the New Black. She's ah. A transgender character, but also transgender in real life, and she's just one hell of a badass. So. Okay. Yeah, so I wanted to basically bring characters to the show that have never really appeared a transgender person and an all female crew with the <coughs> communications officer for the first time being a male because it's always been a female. And then in the she's past. like completely reversed. Exactly. I wanted the opposite. I can dig the it. norm. And my question is, so Tina Belcher, cartoon character, <laughs> so how is that, like, is this like a CGI character? How are you doing this? Um, is it like a live action version of her? I, yeah, I was debating on having a, like a human play her, but I feel like she just needs to be in the cartoon form. Or she could be like a hologram. This, yes. Yeah, she could be <laughs> a hologram. And they, they made her like cartoonish. To, to so they don't have like an alien situation. But it also works because she can tell. just go into the computers. Yeah. If she ever needs to. So they something. don't feel bad. What's her role again? She's the chief engineer. Like okay. if she has to go to the warp core, they don't feel bad that like a human is going there. It's like a hologram of a cartoon. Yeah. So when they're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, like she we need more power, she'd be like, uh, <laughs> uh, and it would just be perfect. <laughs> so. Because she's in engineering, can she interact with the physical world? Yeah, sure. If there's like hollow emitters in the engineering, why yeah, not? Why not? Okay. okay. Yeah, exactly. The doctor. So yeah, that's that's my crew. Cool. I all just right. imagine it's a, a like a wide shot of the bridge. They're in a battle. Like engineering, we need more power, and then like you <laughs> over the, <laughs> the intercom. Just, uh. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming this is a joke from the show. I've never seen the show. <laughs> uh, Paulo, how about your team? <laughs> All right, can you pull up my picture? Because I don't have a. Uh, 
Okay, so while, while Carson's pulling up the picture, um, so it's, oh, thanks. Here you go. So uh, we have uh, John Boyega and Chris Pratt as security officers. Um, uh, Paul Rudd is a janitor. <laughs> um, what's it? Oh, yeah, Rose Byrne is a, um, a, a medical assistant. And uh, Jewel State. Spady? Spady, I think. Spady from uh, Firefly is um, uh, in engineering. And they're playing themselves. Like All right. They're, yeah. So the, the concept of this uh, movie, it's like uh, This is the End, where they're all playing themselves. But uh, they they were like on the, they were at Fan Expo or like Comic Con or something like that. Um, and then they accidentally switched places with the crew members of this, like, uh, of this starship. Uh, but it's, like, a really strict, like... It's like a Galaxy Quest situation. It's like a Galaxy Quest situation, but they're not there. They're, like, they have to pretend to be the actual crew. They don't, like, the crew... The actual crew doesn't know who they are because they're from another planet, but they're humanoid, so it works. <laughs> um, and, like, it's, it's a really strict... Star- it's, like called the HMS Annihilation or something. It's like the Into Darkness, the... The, the Vengeance or the whatever. Vengeance, yeah. yeah. So, like, if they screw up, like, when they first get on the ship, they see someone screw up, and that person gets, like, whipped and then, like, shot into space. So it's like, oh, my God, we have to... Super we, harsh <laughs> treatment. Yeah, we can't get off the ship. We just have to pretend, using our uh, actor knowledge of the sci-fi movies <laughs> we've been in, to uh, pretend to be part of the crew. Is this... Are you going for comedic, though? I'm assuming with that cast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you guys make any of your characters alien species? Nope. They're actually themselves, so no. Yeah. Okay. Same with minor actual fictional characters. I was debating on changing. I was wondering which one would be Vulcan. Yeah, yeah. I was I was waiting to see if any of you guys are going to do that. That's fine. Not necessary. Um, okay, so also, I guess you mentioned that it's the real people and they're just somehow there. You've mentioned it's actually the people from Pulp Fiction. I'm not going to test you guys on how this happens. I'm just, it, it's just <laughs> there. It happens. Good. Whatever. Um, okay, so three scenarios that I prepared um, that I kind of wanted you to tell me. What does this look like in your universe? So I've, I've given you uh, kind of like the first act of a movie where it's like, here's a scenario that happens. Um you can resolve this issue in any number of ways. It could be comedic, it could be through action, and this is how we're gonna get to know your teams. Um, unlike our previous episodes, this isn't this isn't a competition about whose team is the best. It's Mine is. make an interesting <laughs> make an interesting movie. So give a give a scenario that this is something we would actually want to go to the movies and watch because your team is interesting. So okay, I'll read out the first scenario and then uh, we'll see how you guys came up with for us next. Uh, so scenario one. While on a deep space mission, your crew suddenly encounters a massive spaceship, more than 20 times the size of your own. Before you can hail the other ship, an EMT knocks out your ship and all of your communications and weapons. Missiles strike your ship, but instead of exploding, they pierce the hull of your ship and fill it with gas that knocks everyone unconscious. Your crew, just the five or six people that you guys specified, uh, wake up a few hours later in their spaceship. You have no weapons or tools on you. 
you discover that the aliens who did this to you, they're like 20 feet tall, they're super massive, uh, super tough. Um, they've captured you basically to keep you as their pet. Um, they provide you with comfy accommodations, healthy meals, room for exercise and activities. So think like what we provide to cats and dogs today. Um, you can mostly roam around the ship freely, but you're, their technology is too advanced for you. You can't really attack them like they're 20 feet tall. They would just destroy you. Um, they don't really want to hurt you unless you give them a reason to, um, but you can't leave. So in your movie with your teams, what happens next? Um, for this one, how about Paulo, you go first. Okay, so uh, when this first happens, uh, my crew, or the actors, <laughs> they, uh, they wake up on the ship and they're like, okay, thank God we're off uh, that, that nightmare over there. And then they wake up to these 20 foot tall terrifying aliens. But then once they realize that they want to just like keep them as pets, they're pretty ch they're they're actually really cool with it. Uh for for like various reasons like uh John Boyega who's like sick of all the hate for Star Wars. He's like this is awesome. <laughs> like I'm having people wait on me and everyone loves me. Oh, I just have to chill. And like Jewel stays like I haven't been in a movie since like 2005, <laughs> so she like she makes a, a, a like a a play with the rest of the actors for these aliens and then they start acting and uh, like putting on shows. <laughs> they're putting on a show for the yeah. aliens. <laughs> so they're fully embracing the pet life. They're so, yeah, they're, they're leading into it. They love it. But then uh, Paul Rudd, in, like, he's, uh, for some reason, he's still like in his, geni he's in his like janitor uh, act because uh, I guess he was just so terrified of the other ship. So he's, like, cleaning things up one day, and then he notices that, like, the aliens are pretty, like, messed up, and they, like, they're torturing members of the other crew from before and stuff like that. So he's like, guys, we got to get out of here. And then they, there's, like, a, a sh quick montage of, like, some half-assed half escape attempts, which all failed <laughs> spectacularly in a comedic fashion. Um and, uh, like, they all try to sit on each other's shoulders and pretend <laughs> to be an alien because they're, like, 20 feet tall, whatever, stuff like that. <laughs> and then... Just, like, the cloak <laughs> over top. Yeah. And then, when they've given up and they're just resigned to, like, okay, we're not going to get out. Let's just chill. The other ship comes back to save their crew because they think that they're part of their crew. So they come back and they attack the aliens. There's this giant battle going on, and then they have a chance to escape. This is, like, the, the climax of the movie. They have a chance to escape... But right when they're about to get to the escape pod, uh, John Boyega and Jules Stady shoot them. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're staying. <laughs> and then it ends with just them two like chilling with the aliens. For, uh, and this is, this is with the knowledge that they could end up being tortured and who knows what else, like the previous crew, like you said. Yeah, but because they were being tortured because they were like disobedient. Oh, <laughs> I, oh okay. I see. <laughs> gotcha. And that's like, yeah. They were resisting. Cool. Yeah. It's not where I expected that to go. But. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I wanted. I wanted you guys to come up with creative stuff. Uh, Lauren, what does your movie look like? Okay. So I, w I figured that they would basically, they would see other people there being held as pets as well. And they would see that the other people have either gone crazy or they're being sedated. Or they're on some kind of crazy juice kind of thing. Um... And so they don't want to participate in that. So then Keanu Reeves tries to speak to the aliens since he's a communications <coughs> officer. And so that 
from there, he starts getting tortured. And so they're like, oh, no, we have to save him, our poor little communications officer. <laughs> and so they basically, like, trick the aliens kind of in the whole um, Kirk and Spock thing where they, like, confuse everyone. And so then they just save everybody. And they save little Keanu. So <laughs> it's saving little Keanu. <laughs> Will yeah. they get off the ship? Oh, yeah. No, they... They like own everything, and they're just a bunch of badasses, and it's great. Cool. Yeah, and they're all like feminism. <laughs> As they're just, busting out the escape yeah. pod or whatever. And of course, Tina the entire time is like, ah. <laughs> and like Lizzo's just like, sorry, I'm nobody's bitch. <coughs> I'm that bitch. So, yeah. all right. Does she sing at all in the movie? Yes, she does the soundtrack. <laughs> like cause when you said juice. Like the the sedation juice. Oh yeah, that's where it actually came from. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. How about you? Okay, cool. So my Pulp Fiction crew. Uh, So I'm envisioning the movie as being something like The Great Escape. So so it starts where Jules, so Sammy J, he's uh, he starts a super aggressive. He thinks threatening the aliens will work. He asks the aliens if they know what Admiral Wallace looks like uh, but but you know but that doesn't work uh so eventually the crew decides to that it would be best if they try to work together so this is how it plays out so so jimmy distracts the aliens by offering them some of his gourmet raccogino which is klingon coffee uh vincent and mia decide the aliens or distract the aliens with a with a twist dance oh my goodness. uh meanwhile the linchpin and the whole plan is Wolf, who uses, in typical Star Trek fashion, uh, uses his technical know-how to just magically manipulate a panel on the wall to sort of, like, you know, <laughs> let them out or whatever. Um, yeah, because, so it, it, you know, it's a very Star Trekian thing to have someone who can just, like, magically figure out the solution, almost like a deus ex machina type thing. You know, like, it's always Data or Spock mm-hmm. or one of those that just kind of magically figures out, oh, c- Captain, we need to do this now, and then they just do it. I thought you said data so. sex machine. <laughs> That's what I heard. I'm just like, oh, this must be something I didn't see. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and, and the end result is everyone manages to escape to the bad motherfucker, uh, except Vincent, because uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but he's a red shirt, so he gets killed. <laughs> Who does? In the bathroom. Vincent. Uh, no, no, <laughs> not not this time. Wait, this is Vega's a red shirt? Yeah, he's a, look at the picture. Oh, yeah, he is. Like, literally. Well, yeah. Jesus. He looks so, like, what? like I don't want to be here in that picture, too. What about Mia? Too. Well, that's, she's, like, over Uhura's body, but, um, she's the doctor. Okay. I just put put Mia over Uhura's body. Yeah, because, you know. She had boobs? Because, well, because she, well, <laughs> she's female. What's, what's wrong with that? It's fine. I put Keanu's face on Uhura's body. <laughs> So is the ship formally called the USS Bad Motherfucker, or is it yes. like crossed out with like some other name and then like written on top? No, it's it's called that because because Jules said to Starfleet, he said, "I won't do this unless you make it that name." I, I think I think something about Sammy J said, "I won't do snakes on a plane." If you change the name, I know I was else. waiting for you to be like, I'm so tired of these motherfuckers. <laughs> on this motherfucker plane. Like I was waiting for that. 
Dan's done that many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just listen to one of the other podcast episodes. Uh, do you guys have any comments on each other's pet proposal movie? Um, I like where yours went. Thank you. I thought that they were going to get out and then they get shot. Left it was a, a nice plot twist. And it's like, it's a it's a commentary on the state of uh, movie criticism <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine, technically. Okay. Yeah? No, that's, yeah. That's Second scenario. Uh, I told you earlier I had stolen one of the scenarios from A Voyage Home, and this is basically, wait, yeah, I think it is A Voyage Home. Um, so in A Voyage Home, they have like random alien spaceship shows up and they need to talk to whales. Um, so I've kind of twisted that around a little bit. Basically, in this scenario, a strange alien spaceship arrives on Earth's doorstep, and they're like a, a alien warrior race that they want to take their greatest warrior and challenges another race's greatest warrior. Um, they've seen NBA broadcasts be broadcast into space, and they've seen LeBron James, and they think this guy clearly must be the greatest warrior of the human race, and so we want to challenge him, um, and whoever wins, like, like they'll be fine. It's just like a competition. But if you don't do this competition, we'll destroy Earth. Uh, this is also like 300 years after LeBron James lived. So your crew has been kind of tasked with this. We will assume that Paulo, your crew is not pets on some other spaceship. They're just now a crew again. They're not. Sorry, what? They're not. This isn't a continuum. They're not still on a pet spaceship oh, somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Starfleet has come to you and be like, okay, guys, you need to solve this issue. So what does this movie look like for you? Give them Captain Panaka. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Dan, how would you go first? <laughs> Sorry, guys, I had to throw that in there for you, too. I just had to. Um, okay, so, uh, I, I mean, to, to be honest, Carson, I kind of uh, enjoyed this scenario the, the least. So, uh, I maybe feel like ours is gonna, are going to be similar. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I came up with a few things, but it's not super detailed or anything like that. So, okay, this is what I got. So, initially, Vincent and Jules challenged the aliens to a game of 21. <laughs> All right? The aliens, what ha- so what happens is either the aliens refuse or they outright just destroy them. Uh, but either way, Vincent is killed. Again, red, red, red shirt, he dies, he dies somehow. Um, I mean, if he, if he doesn't play, I think he's, he's shot by an alien he insulted earlier uh, as he's leaving the bathroom. He's like Kenny from South Park. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Kenny's dead. Uh, uh, and, and, of course, what he's shot, but with his own phaser rifle after leaving <laughs> it out on the table. So, uh, yeah. Um, so what ends up happening... Uh, Commander Wolf manages to clone LeBron James, uh, enhancing his genes in the process. So he becomes kind of like a LeBron James slash Khan hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and together with some expert convincing from, from Mia, from Dr. Mia Wallace, uh, they get LeBron because, you know, he needs to be convinced. So, so Mia, like, did her charm. Oh. Uh, she gave him coke. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> made him bleed out the nose. Um, so she, uh, they get LeBron to agree to face off with the aliens in a game of 21. Uh, as for what happens next, you'll just, you'll just have to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know we could just cut off. Like, <laughs> well, we can't. I just decided to. Coked up Super LeBron. That's right. Fighting aliens. That's right. Uh, okay, Lauren, how about you? Um, so 
really thought, you know, they, with all the technology that they have, especially in the one where they get the whales, they travel back in time, get LeBron, he comes, and then dies within like the first five minutes of the game. So like, how like, does he die? In the actual fight like, against like them? Like, in the fight? In the fight. Like, mm. he literally just gets his head chopped off like two minutes into the movie. So then they kind of have to, they all get enslaved by this alien race, whatever. And then, um, who was it that I decided? Oh, yeah, Lizzo um, just ends up coming back out of nowhere and is just like, I'm going to fight you guys because I'm so tired of your bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'll have to see more (laughs) to find out the next part. I like that. Just cut it off wherever. (laughs) LeBron dies. Look what I started. started. The main point is that LeBron dies. Mm -hmm. Like right at the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Oh, and... Lizzo is actually a, LeBron's like great 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 granddaughter kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, so she's all like, "Oh my God, the power is within me the whole time." <laughs> blah blah blah, and it's magical. <laughs> the power Captain Marvel. dying within five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He didn't know the rules. In this one. Uh no. Oh. No. Missy Elliott does the soundtrack instead. Oh cool. Yeah. Paula. Okay. So, um, so they like my team have having no like technical like technical like uh, they, they they can't use technology to bring LeBron back. That's completely out of the picture. They don't know how to do that. Their their acting can only go so far. So they're like, we should play to our strengths, and they decide that John Boyega is gonna pretend to be LeBron, and Chris Pratt starts teaching him how to play basketball because there's this this hilarious moment where he's like, yeah, um, I can teach you. I'm great. Haven't you seen Passengers where I'm, I'm like, I develop an a amazing jump shot because I'm on the ship by myself. And then John Wayne is like, no, ain't nobody seen Passengers. <laughs> and then, so, but they, they, they work on his game uh, while, um, because they've, uh, they've negotiated a, uh, uh, an agreement with the aliens. Like, okay, we're not going to fight but you've seen him do this, like, this is his strength, basketball. If we beat you in basketball, then, this sounds like Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we beat you in basketball, you leave us alone. And they're like, okay. So then they start training John Boyega. And then, but in, meanwhile, Rose Byrne is like, this is the dumbest idea ever. John sucks at basketball. He's never going to win. We're gonna, you're going to get the whole world killed. Um, so she heads off with uh, Jules Stadia and Paul Rudd, and they start planning like they're 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 working like um you know the scene in Armageddon where they're like okay guys we need ideas and then there's like a scientist like bringing out the the sail like okay we'll take a giant sail to divert the asteroid and stuff like that so they're in the room like that like brainstorming ideas and then finally they're like in the eleventh hour. John is about to go and play basketball. There's like a giant setup, like a, uh, a like a, a, a net in outer space, and they've <laughs> shot him into space. And they're like, okay, this is it's happening. And then Rose Byrne comes to um, John's rescue, and she hijacks the uh, the display above the court, and then she plays the remake of Space Jam, where uh, where like it's a 
come out at this point in time? Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2, Wait. sorry. Yeah, like the one with, with LeBron James mm-hmm. instead of Michael Jordan. And then the aliens are like watching it, and there's this montage of the aliens like, oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> he's like, he's the worst. And then out of disgust, they just leave. They're like, he's, he's nothing. This is not worth our time. And then they just leave the rest of the Jeez. And yeah. comments on each other's stuff? <laughs> Yours isn't long enough. My side. Yeah. We need one more point from you, Dan. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I still think Captain Pinnock is a great idea. <laughs> so so let's play that I out. Like what happens when they bring Captain Pinnock in? Uh, well, he doesn't know what basketball is because there's no such thing as basketball. <laughs> and he's not a real Star person. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets transported, he ends up inside out. On the <laughs> and then he explodes. <laughs> And then the aliens are so, like, impressed with that grisly display that they're like, oh, that works. <laughs> We've been entertained. That's Let's right. go home. I like the, uh, the, the, the base of uh, the aliens actually taking over the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, the conflict, or, like, everything happens after they're already in charge. Exactly. It's like a rebellion type thing. Way to exactly. take my scenario and make it into a completely different movie. <laughs> Um, okay, third scenario. So this is a scenario where they end up meeting their alternate selves. Uh, basically, your crew is on a deep space deep space mission. <laughs> they encounter some type of like space anomaly. Think like the monolith in 2001. Uh, they decide to investigate it, and at that point, they get sucked into an alternate dimension. Um, when they're in this dimension, the first thing they meet is a crew on a spaceship, and it happens to be all of the people who are on your spaceship except they're in a an alternate reality where they never pay out never passed Starfleet Academy. So how are I don't, they on a spaceship? Mercenaries, bounty hunters, whatever you Pirates. think that they want to be. I don't know how you two are doing this because I your know. people aren't in Starfleet Academy anyway. <laughs> but I look forward to you explaining that. Uh, but basically, like half of this is explaining what does this alternate self of your characters looks like, and then also how does that resolve itself. Uh, so Lauren, how about you go first? I took it from kind of a uh, it's a wonderful life aspect where they see how life would have been if they kind of didn't make Starfleet Academy and everything. And so then they go back because like at the beginning of the movie, they do the classic, oh, like, should I really have been here? I could have done this. Oh, I could have been a doctor on Earth or in another planet. Oh, I could have been an actress, blah, blah, blah. And so then they, when they see their alternate selves, they're like, holy shit, I'm so glad I didn't do this. Um, and then I just figure they end up having to save the day for some reason. And so then the other people are like, huh, I wish I went through Starfleet Academy. So what does this like, alternate version of themselves look like? Oh, so Tina is actually like an owner of a burger restaurant obviously. Um, Maya Rudolph had become a professional golfer. Amelia Clark um, was a police officer. Laverne Cox did become a a famous doctor, but had no friends, whereas she has them on this ship, so it works out. 
um, Keanu Reeves actually became mute and just left and was like Gollum. Um, <laughs> there's a whole story behind that, but I don't have time for that right now. Um, and then Lizzo became the famous superstar, but um, she realized how lonely and like isolating that was. So presumably this was just like some passenger ship that was floating by that all these people happened to be on. Yeah. Each coincidence. Gollum and and a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> First class. Gollum, Gollum. I don't know. I was thinking way too much into what they would end up being like, rather than. No, like I they like were that. All on That's a ship what I was together. going for. So. Cool. Uh, Paulo, how about you? So, clearly, because my crew are not actually in Starfleet. Um, this alternate universe, uh, alternate version of them are actually in Starfleet. And they're like the hard-ass part of the crew, like the the, the, By the HMS book. Annihilator crew, and they're like sadistic oh. and crazy. Um, so they, as part of their own ship, like they're trying to fight off, like they get into an, it's when they first meet the two ships, like there's this miscommunication or like they're just it's a tense standoff and then they start fighting and then this is it's like the whole movie is like uh a, like a space battle through not a whole, a whole movie is one space battle <laughs> <laughs> not an ongoing space battle but it's like a game of cat and mouse through an asteroid field so like they'll like battle and then they'll like break off it's so kind of like wrath like of khan when they're fighting in the nebula yes just say, <laughs> just say yes yes sure um, and then like meanwhile the, and then in between, there's, like, away missions where, like, they'll have to, like, collect resources to, like, build their ships. And then in one of those missions, they happen to send, like, the five of my crew and then the five bizarro worlds of the other crew. And then they, like, they run into each other on the planet. And then they realize, like, hey, we can actually help each other because we don't want to be on the ship. And you guys are already part of, like, the crew. Like, you're, you're Starfleet people. Uh, so why don't we'll help you defeat our like the 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 alternate universe people are like okay your ship sounds better than ours sorry I just spat <laughs> your ship sounds better than ours uh, because like it's it's really strict but ours is worse because we're like tyrants and whatever we don't want to do that so we'll help you take like take care of our ship and then we'll switch and then and then that's what they do. <laughs> I feel like your franchise isn't built for longevity. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say they were going to fall in love with each other. With themselves. Like, with themselves <laughs> in the alternate reality. It, well, the closest thing to that was that Chris, like, they're all fighting, but then Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt are just so, like, happy-go-lucky to each other that they're like, Bros. Hey, did we just become best friends? <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Oh, my God, yeah. And they do, like, a mirror montage thing for a few minutes of yeah. them being like, oh. There's flexing going on here in case anyone's wondering. (laughs) Uh, Dan, what's going on in the Pulp Fiction universe? Alright, so uh, the mirror universe that my crew meets are all gangsters. Alright, so so basically they're they're like the actual Pulp Fiction. It's not Pulp Fiction versus maybe Star Trek so much as it's the mirror people are actually Pulp Fiction. So gangsters. your people actually went through Starfleet. Yes, that's right. Okay. Uh, so uh, and and the 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 mirror people are the gangster people. They they use a hollowed out asteroid as a base. 
Uh, and of course, you know, everyone has to square off against each other. Like the the mirror, like you know, the same people will yeah. you know hang out with each other and see what happens. So we got okay. So Captain Jules and his counterpart they get into an argument uh, just before they come to blows or phasers as the case may be. Uh, Gangsta Jules starts out with Ezekiel 2517, uh, but then Captain Jules cuts him off with an excerpt from the Federation Charter. <laughs> and he goes, We, the life forms of the United Federation planet, determined to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war and to reaffirm faith in the fundamental rights of sentimental beings. And then at that point, he just kind of stops, and then they just start going at it with, phaser, with, with, with phasers. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, then we've got Vincent and his counterpart. They actually hit it off really well. They uh, making out. Well, they, they, yeah, maybe. I mean, they, they might have gotten that to that <laughs> and point. And then they die. <laughs> but what happens, so while traveling on a shuttlecraft to Risa for some R&R, and that's actually that's a resort planet from TNG. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're you know they're heading off on this shuttlecraft, hanging out like oh let's get some let's you know pick up some women, let's hang out and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Vincent accidentally shoots Gangster Vincent in the face. Oh accidentally? no! I yeah, like yeah, he's like he's like oh man, I shot Vincent in the face. <laughs> uh, so that's what happens there. Uh, and then we've got Mia ends up ODing on some really trippy shit. Well, hanging out with Gangsta Mia, uh, and things are tense here uh, for a good of about two and a half seconds. But thankfully, this is Star Trek, so uh, all they have to do is like zap her with some hyperspray, like a type oh, thing. Oh, they don't have to stab her with a needle. Yeah, they don't have to do that. They just go like in the arm or something, or in the shoulder. In the butt. And then push some, or in the butt, and then just push some buttons on a console, and she's okay. Because that's Star <laughs> Trek, right? So the doctors work. Classic. So. That's yeah. by far my favorite movie of yours, <laughs> <laughs> So that's that. Wait, what happens with Tarantino? I, I, didn't, I didn't get that far. <laughs> this was like last night, and I was like, You'll have I went to, to watch bed. more to find <laughs> that's out. That's right, you'll have to watch it. His character Thanks, doesn't matter anyway. That's, it's just Jimmy. What about the wolf? I don't know. They get in some, they get in some debate over how to, how to clean up some, some brains. Easier and faster. Yeah, when Jules accidentally, no, when Vincent yeah, actually they they get called in to like solve the the issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to call the wolf. <laughs> he opens up his communicator. Alrighty. I'm How do you feel about those cards? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, Which I'm one happy that all of them were generally different. None of you have like the same concept of where you were taking your movie <laughs> with, which is what exactly I was hoping for. Uh, I'm trying to determine like if I should pick a winner and no. like who that would be. It'd be me. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna post this on Instagram, or we're gonna post this on Instagram with I've pictures that you guys have made, um, and our audience, social media people can determine who they, what franchise they think would be the best. Uh, one thing I'll have you guys do to finish off: we need a name for your crew. So, oh, I, and this is more like the TV show name, how it's like Star Trek: Next Generation, Star Trek: the Original Series, like. What is your crew called if you had multiple movies? Estrogen. I'm just kidding. Star Trek Estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. You go first. I don't know. No, you. Fuck, I need to think about it. I don't know. You go first. <laughs> uh, 
Star Trek. Star Trek into badassery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't you already have like motherfuckers? Yeah, bad right. motherfuckers. Yeah. Bad. It's the USS bad motherfucker. But the 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 show itself can't be called Star Trek badass motherfucker. Why, why the hell not? Why there's, not? There's Star yeah. Trek Enterprise. What? <laughs> <laughs> there's a show called yeah, Enterprise. I, I know. Because it's named after the ship. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's okay. right. Yes. I think you're missing the point here. <laughs> so that's your final answer. That's my final answer. Star Trek: The, the Adventures of the Bad Motherfucker. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, pressure's off of you of having a bad one because that's out of the way. <laughs> I don't know. They're all like no fancy ones that sound like they would. that are also. Discovery. The next generation. Discovery's already a thing. No, I know. I'm going through the names because oh, oh, bad I names. need to. Oh, I well, no, I just mean Generic. like. Yeah, you can't really get it creative with it. You have to like continue with the formality of it. If you don't come up with a better one, I'm just gonna post on Instagram with Star Trek estrogen. <laughs> so. so that leaves you, Apollo. Ooh, Unless Star Trek ovaries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's better than estrogen. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek inside the actor's studio. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> he got what's his face li- lifted. <laughs> Uh, that is not my final answer. Star, Star Trek: I, The Last Generation. Star because <laughs> that's essentially Ooh, the end. Star, of Star Trek, Trek like Revenge of the Women. Is that your final answer? Yes, because of all the years of women just being com- like communications officers <laughs> and not having their size in spacesuits and whatnot in real life. <laughs> Okay, then I want to change mine as well. Sorry, my chair's making so much noise. Okay, no one's listening anymore. At, at this point, at the, at the yeah. two-hour mark. Uh, Star Trek, um, I need something something to do with acting or actors. Star Trek off-script. Star Trek drama. <laughs> drama. <laughs> Star Trek... Star Trek universe? working title. Working title. Star Trek. Uh, no. Donkey Punch. <laughs> Just kidding. I think that's a really bad thing. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we all thought you were serious. <laughs> Glad you clarified. No, there's like an acting term that's like in my head, but I can't. Oh. Star Trek acting term. <laughs> no. Star Trek improvise. No. <gasps> Improv. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll stick to Star Trek uh, off script. Right. There you go. Cool. Well, we will post these and see what the the people of the world think. Um, <laughs> to end off this episode, as we usually do, a movie that we are looking forward to coming out soon. Uh, does anyone have anything? Sure. Uh, I really want to see Terminator <laughs> Dark Fate. Fate, whatever it's called. Thank you. Why? Paul. Uh, because I'm, <laughs> I'm more than sure, mostly sure, that it's gonna be terrible, and uh, I think it would just be a fun, bad movie to go see. More or less terrible than Genesis. Um, I don't ho- think ho- it can be more. Uh, yeah, terrible. I was just gonna say, ho- hopefully not as bad. And yes, I agree. It, uh, Jesus. 
It's Sarah Connor's back. And Sarah Connor, yes. <laughs> Linda Hamilton, yes. That, so yeah, it, I don't think it could be as bad, ho- hopefully. But yeah, we'll see. Isn't it James Cameron again? Yeah. Producing. Pro- oh, oh, right. Um, the director is the guy who did Deadpool 2, Tim Miller, I think. That's his name. <laughs> I think it's some, something Miller. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, right. How bad could it be, you think, <laughs> with that? That would uh, be pretty bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a hot take out there and say it's not going to be bad. It's going to actually be good. I feel like well, we'll go. heard it here first. Here, yeah, that's we have a podcast. Well, we're going to go, right? The, the four of us. Okay, where we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be better than Genesis and what was the one with Christian Bale? Uh, uh, no. Something with an S. It's like a one-word thing. I think. Salvation. Salvation, yeah. Salvation, yeah. I think it'll be better than that. I never saw that one. That's the only one I haven't seen. Anyway, what are you two looking forward to? Bombshell, because we are literally at the point in all of this political drama where people are making movies about it. Do you want to explain what it's about for those who don't know? Oh, it's, um, it's about the Fox News personnel that were uh, harassed by the owner. Hmm. Yeah, and there's famous actresses playing them and stuff. I'm just fascinated by it. <laughs> Can't wait to see what really happens. Paula? I thought I was going to sneeze again, sorry. Um, I'm looking forward to Jojo Rabbit, um, which is going to be playing at TIFF, uh, and I'll be watching. It's about, it's a satirical uh, period piece about this kid in the Hitler Youth, whose imaginary friend is Hitler, and Hitler is played by Taika Waititi, who um, was uh, in What We Do in the Shadows and directed Thor Ragnarok, and he just, uh, his trailer is very funny. Huh. Um, yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Seems like um, just a silly, a, a silly clown version of Hitler, which is I'm sure not very far off the real thing. <laughs> it's probably gonna be pretty different than the real. No, thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie I'm looking forward to is also coming out at TIFF, and it's the true story of the Kelly Gang. Uh, that's the actual title. Um, it's by the guy who directed the Assassin's Creed movie. Uh, but more notably, also directed the Macbeth movie with Michael Fassbender. Uh, he, I think he does good visuals and good stuff with like that type of material. So I don't, I'm not 100% sure what it's about, but like Outlaws from the 1800s, I think. Hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we will wrap it up there. And uh, thanks, Dan and Lauren, for coming. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Bye.